What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the What's Up Podcast. My name is Ryan Coleman. As always, your host, Mr. Dependable here. You can follow me at Ryan Coleman underscore nine eight. Join with us, as always, as Ethan at Ethan underscore F-O-R-E four. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Andrew Fenichel. Andrew, how are you doing? The former Baseball Matters podcast trio, the former What's Up host, and current Fantasy Geek host, Andrew Fenichel. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up, Andrew? Not much, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Like you said, I was the OG host of What's Up. <laughs> back in, I want to say like March, my reign ended about four episodes in, but you guys have been doing a great job, so I'm happy to join the show. Well, it's good to have you as always. Andrew, you can, what's your Twitter? Andrew underscore Fenichel? Yeah, e- Ethan copied mine, sort of. Ah, so it's like Andrew point. underscore yeah, Fenichel. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually, we discovered that <laughs> I created my Twitter first. So he did. therefore, he did. Andrew oh. copied me. But, you know, water under the bridge. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we got a loaded podcast for you today. Last Tuesday, so two days ago, we talked about the AFC. And now we're going to go to the other side of the National Football League and talk about the NFC. We got a lot of good teams, a lot of interesting divisions. Let's start with the North, and then go around the compass, if you may. It is made up of the Chicago Bears, who went 12-4 and last year, the Minnesota Vikings, who went 8-7-1, Green Bay, who went 6-9-1, and, and Detroit, who went 6-10. and The Bears this year, over-under wins are at 9, with 19-1 odds to win the Super Bowl. Green Bay is exactly the same, with 9 and 19-1. The Vikings are also at 9 games to win over-under, with 30-1 odds to win the Super Bowl. And the lowly Detroit... Lions are at 6.5 wins with 80 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. Now, this is a really interesting division. I've seen predictions anywhere from the Vikings winning with the Bears and Green Bay behind to Green Bay winning and the Bears winning. And, Andrew, would you say it's pretty accurate that the top three are above Detroit and you could see any of those three winning this year? The division, at least. Yeah, 100%. In fact, I think... That trio of teams that you just mentioned, Chicago, Green Bay, and Minnesota, I mean, just looking at raw talent and quarterback play, those are three of the best teams in football. So as far as what teams could win this division, it's definitely those three. But honestly, like I think the Lions even have a chance to make some noise. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're winning this division. But like the, the Lions could win seven games. And if they were in any other division, I don't know. I might choose them to sneak into the wild card. So this division, in my eyes, might be the best in football overall. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been saying that. A lot of people have also been predicting that whoever doesn't win the division, the following two will make the wild card, which I absolutely can see. Um, like you said about Detroit, I mean, Matt Patricia's in his second year. They they look that they struggled last year, I guess, to put it in those kind of terms. But you you said that the three teams have the best quarterback play. Are you putting Trubisky no, in no. there? No, okay. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I said that as far as just total talent on paper with, like, weighted quarterback play. Because I think the Packers okay, okay. have less talent than the Bears and the Vikings. But we all know the bad man Aaron Rodgers, what he can do. So as far as total talent plus quarterback play, those are three very stacked teams. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay definitely had a disappointing year last year. But Aaron Rodgers did... I forgot what the injury was, but he he hurt himself in the first game and played with a bum knee, a bum leg the entire year. 
But now Matt LaFleur is in. It's hard to tell if he's the real deal. There's been reports that there's beef between him and Aaron. I think they're going to be better than last year. I would be surprised if they were worse than last year. But I think it's going to take the first, like, three or four weeks to really, really click. Ethan, how are you feeling about this this division? Yeah, I have to just kind of echo what you guys said. I think this really is the deepest division. There are three playoff caliber teams in this division, and I don't know if that exists in any other division in the NFL. Maybe the AFC South, but I still think these three teams are better than any of the teams in the AFC South. Maybe the NFC South. Maybe, yeah. I'm I'm not as high on the NFC South as other people are. Yeah, fair. fair. We'll get to that. I, yeah. I, we'll, that's interesting. But Yeah, yeah. Ryan so and I talked gone. about that yesterday um but the the thing for me is i'm just really in on the defenses in the nfc north and that's why i like the bears and the vikings a little bit more than the packers um it's hard to count out aaron Rodgers just considering his greatness but i'm i'm tempted to lean towards the bears and the vikings just given how good they are on defense yeah, I really like the Bears, too, this year. I think their defense is going to be just as good as last year. The only thing is that, I mean, all eyes are in Trubisky. Everyone expects him to be great. Everyone expects him to be better. But their their schedule is so difficult. It's, it's I think, the number one most difficult schedule among a lot of experts, a lot of predictions. It's kind of hard to tell how good a team is going to be before the schedules start. But I think they, they, they have a bye week in the sixth week and then it's like the eagles the chargers and the saints all back to back to back and maybe not in that particular order but i think their schedule will bring them down but they are for sure a talented team and i could very much see them winning the division with 10 wins but shall we move on let's do it all right next up around the compass we got the nfc east with dallas cowboys winning their division last year at 10 and 6 philadelphia went 9 and 7 to earn a wild card spot, Washington seven and nine, and the New York Giants at five and eleven. This year, Dallas over under is at nine with twenty five to one odds to win the Super Bowl. Philly at ten with fourteen to one odds. Washington at six with a hundred to one odds, and New York also at six but with eighty to one odds. Now, Andrew, I'm expecting you to say some just wild take here, but are you big on the Redskins this year? Define big. Um, do you think they're going to win the division no in fact okay. i'm all in on carson wentz and the philadelphia eagles i have okay, carson wentz okay. actually winning the mvp this season he should have won it two years ago got hurt unfortunately he's been battling injuries ever since but i have always been a big carson wentz fan i think he's one of the top four or five quarterbacks in football the eagles are healthy i mean they have an incredible roster as well and there's too many questions surrounding the other teams in this division now you mentioned the washington redskins the reason why I said define big is because a lot of experts, including my friend Adam Rank, predicted them to go two and fourteen. I've seen three and thirteen. I've seen four and twelve. I think the Washington Redskins are a five hundred team, the same as they've been the last three seasons. And here's why: uh, their defense very, very underrated. It's young and it's good. I mean, they have Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, all up the middle. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan on one side. Montez Sweat was drafted in the first round, not to mention Landon Collins and Josh Norman in the secondary. Like This team has a lot of talent on defense, and it's going to keep them in games. But the quarterback play is a major question. It's why I can't predict them to have a winning record. But who knows? Maybe Dwayne Haskins plays well. We've seen Case Keenum take a team to the playoffs. I think this team is in that 7-9, 8-8 range. 
Yeah, see, the thing to me is that if ever there's a team before the season starts that doesn't fully know who their quarterback is, I feel like that's always just like a bad sign. And yeah, they might do better than 3-13, and, and 13, but I feel like the ceiling for them is 500. Now, obviously, we can't talk about the NFC East without Dallas, without talking about Ezekiel Elliott. It seems like things are heating up. I'm sure by the time this podcast is out, they should have signed a contract. Right now, it's rumored to be, I think, six years, $90 million. And, I mean, Ethan, how much do you think Zeke adds to their team in terms of wins? They're at nine right now. Do you think Zeke on that team could get him to 10 or 11 wins? Absolutely. I mean, he's a top five running back in football. The the Cowboys benefit, and he benefits from a really, really good offensive line, and it's been that way for the past, I don't know, five-plus season, seasons. It always seems that Dallas has a really strong offensive line. But Zeke is also just really talented and excellent at finding space and, and making big plays. And he's also a workhorse. He can carry a big load for the Cowboys, and I think he takes pressure off of Dak Prescott. And that helps Dak Prescott perform better. I think it helped him last season create a good relationship with Amari Cooper. So absolutely, I think he can add a couple wins. I'm just, I'm more in on the Eagles with Andrew. I I just see the Cowboys regressing a little bit with a tougher schedule, having to play the Bears, having to play the Saints, having to play the Rams with that first place schedule. So I, I guess, you know, the Cowboys... They have good players, but I'm just I think the Eagles are a more complete team. Yeah, I mean go ahead, Andrew. Sorry, the one thing I was gonna say about the Cowboys that really intrigues me about their team this year is I think they have a lot more weapons than people realize. I'm really high on Michael Gallup this year. I think he's a great talent. I believe he's in his second year now. Um, in the NFL, they signed Randall Cobb, might have a little bit left in the tank, you know, playing out of the slot. They lost Cole Beasley, but Randall Cobb's, in my opinion, an equivalent player. We all know about Amari Cooper. They re-sign Ezekiel Elliott. This team just has more weapons than people, I feel like, realize. And surrounding Dak Prescott, that's what you have to do to make a mediocre quarterback like him succeed. So the offense could be sneaky good. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it could be. And I feel like the NFC East is kind of like a poor man's uh, AFC West, where you've got two really good teams who are in playoff contention at the top, and then two lower teams who no one is is really talking about much to even make the playoffs but (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean new york exists still um they are still a football team daniel jones will most likely be the starter by the end of the season saquon barkley is arguably the most talented running back in the national football league as of now but i can't see them top in six maybe seven wins this year Anyways, we got the beloved NFC South by your Ethan Four with New Orleans last year going thirteen and three and winning that division. Atlanta going seven and nine. Carolina also going seven and nine. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going five and eleven this year with Vegas projections. New Orleans is at ten point five wins over under with nine to one odds to win the Super Bowl. I believe they are third best. Atlanta at eight point five wins with thirty two to one odds. Carolina at seven and a half wins with fifty to one odds, and Tampa Bay at six and a half wins with seventy to one odds. Now, Ethan, I'm gonna go to you. Why, why are you so bored by this division? Why don't you like this division? Because I think it's the Saints and everyone else. I mean, if you look at last year's 
standings, you had the Saints going 13-3, and three, and then the Falcons went 7-9, and nine, the Panthers went 7-9, and nine, and the Buccaneers went 5-11. And, 11. and I think, I really think it's the Saints and then, like, the other three teams, and you can't see, but I'm gesturing, like, way down here, that, this, that the other three teams <laughs> are just so, you're welcome, for, are so far <laughs> removed from the Saints. I just don't, I, nothing convinced me from last year's Falcons offense that they can get back to what they were when they went to the Super Bowl and blew a 28-3 lead. Um, the Panthers have a lot of questions. The defense isn't what it was. When they went to the Super Bowl, I like Christian McCaffrey a lot, but we're going to need to see steps forward from guys like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. If Greg Olson can come back healthy for like a full season, that'll help out Cam Newton. If Cam Newton can stay healthy, we know that because of his running ability that you know increases his injury risk. And then the Buccaneers, while I like Bruce Arians and I think he should be able to help that passing offense, I don't think they have enough to compete in that division. So I'm just I'm I'm just concerned about those three teams. I and maybe more concerned than other people are. I'll tell you why you're wrong. Okay. I think you're I think you're I think you're right about Carolina. I'm not super high on them. I just think there's a gap between them and New Orleans and Atlanta. But I like Atlanta this year. And you've mentioned what you know there's reason to of concern for their offense after last year. What has changed? I'll tell you what has changed. Devontae Freeman's healthy again. And back when the Atlanta Falcons were going to the Super Bowl, Devontae Freeman was one of the best running backs in football. He's finally healthy. We all know Julio Jones is a monster. Calvin Ridley is in his second or third year. He's going to take a step. This offense, second year, that's right. This offense is going to take a step. I mean, Mohamed Sanu can play out of the slot. Matt Ryan is one of the most consistent uh, quarterbacks in the league. This offense has as much playmaking talent as anybody and the defense has a lot of like young talent as well. I mean, Vic Beasley Jr., Desmond Trufant can play. Like, t- you know, Takaris McKinley off the edge. Like this, t- this t- uh, defense has a lot of talent. There's a ton of playmakers on offense. This team can keep up offensively with New Orleans. So that's my take. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That I think this is going to be a bit more exciting division than Ethan gave credit to. I mean, Atlanta. I think it's like 13 of their 16 games they play this year are indoors just because of their dome. I think they play Minnesota, the New Orleans, and the fact that of those 13 games, they don't have to, you know, go to Chicago in negative 20-degree weather like the Rams had to do last year or play just somewhere where they're not used to I think really helps more than people give credit to. And, yeah, I like Carolina a bit more this year too just because Cam Newton should be healthy take away that foot sprain that he had, but his shoulder-wise was not 100% at all last year. He should be able to throw farther down a bit more. And, ooh, oh, never mind. I thought Zeke got signed, but he didn't yet. But DJ Moore is in his second year. I mean, Curtis Samuel's weapon, obviously Christian McCaffrey. And then Tampa Bay should be a lot of fun to watch. I think their offense is going to be really good. I think they're just kind of a lesser Chiefs who don't really play defense. And, I mean, Whoa. I said lesser, like significantly lesser, but like okay, there you go. <laughs> significantly worse. I mean, like, Jameis Winston well, will throw like a pick, will throw like a, an interception, a 70-yard reception to Mike Evans, um, a 70-yard reception to um, O.J. Howard, to Chris Godwin, O.J. Yeah. Howard, and then like a pick. And it, it'll just be like a rotation of frustration. I, I mean, they'll be, it'll be like a 50 to 49 game every single time they play. And yeah, I think like six wins is good for them. 
I'm not comparing. Like they're not the no, close got, to the Chiefs. We got you. Imagine, imagine the Buccaneers lost every single game of the season, fifty to forty nine. <laughs> Like I said, it would be fun to watch. I would want to be a Tampa Bay fan. Those would, but... those would be really exciting games, for sure. <laughs> but you would know every single one was going to end 50-49. to 49. That's, I, I guess would... so. I guess, yeah. It would be a lot. Yeah, for sure. Great for my but... fantasy team. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah, true. exactly. It'll be a really fun fantasy team to watch, just because I don't really know what to expect. Bruce Arians is apparently the quarterback whisperer, so maybe Jameis will take a step forward. But... I do agree. It's New Orleans division. Everyone else is clawing to get to them. And speaking of that kind of style, the NFC West is pretty much the Rams division. Everyone else is just living in it. Last year, they went 13-3 and to win that division. Seattle was behind them in the wildcard spot at 10-6. and San Francisco, 4-12. and Arizona, 3-13. and Oh my gosh, Arizona won three games last year? Jeez. Yep. This year, LA is projected to win 10.5 games with 11-1 odds four Super Bowl champions, Seattle at eight and a half games at 32 to one odds, San Fran eight wins, 36 to one odds, and Arizona five wins, 110 to one odds. Now for this division, there are a lot of really good storylines from a journalism standpoint, as we are all hashtag Medill students, but it doesn't really extend farther than winning games. Like it's really cool to see Kyler Murray and it's like, will he be an amazing player? Seattle, or not Seattle, Se- well yeah, Seattle got Jadavian Clowney and It'll be like, is their defense elite? Are they top 10? Can Russell Wilson be a perfect quarterback again? And then San Francisco is kind of just like a walking injury sign. And it's really interesting to see if they can be healthy again. I think Garoppolo is leading the league in, or best Vegas odds to be the comeback player of the year. Um, So people have really high expectations for him. I think eight wins is a bit of a stretch, but... Ethan, I know you're kind of a Rams fan. You're from the West. I guess Fenny's from the West too. So, But Ethan, go ahead. What are your thoughts on this division? Yeah, so I think it's hard to picture a scenario where the Rams don't take care of business uh, in the NFC West. I think they just have too much talent on both sides of the ball. And that offense is electric. So, yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to be the Rams. I'm not a big believer in Seattle, though they proved me wrong last year. Yeah, um, I feel like that always happens. Yeah. I never trust Seattle. They always get it done. Yeah, and, and and while I think they're definitely capable of returning to the playoffs, I think they have a lot of questions on both sides of the ball. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off again on the on the Seahawks. For the other two teams, like you mentioned it, Cole, like I'm really intrigued by both of them. I don't think Arizona will make too much noise, but I think it'll be really fun to see how a Cliff Kingsbury offense or that style of offense plays in the NFL. Yeah. And for the Niners, they're obviously the injury concerns, but I actually expected them to make the playoffs last year given their schedule, their favorable schedule, and since they have another one this year, if they can stay healthy, and that's a big if, absolutely a big if, but if they can stay healthy, I think they're right there competing for a wild card spot because I think Jimmy G takes a step forward. You know, you've got George Kittle. I like Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda in the backfield. The thing is, is that Garoppolo is going to have to find a receiver he really likes because right now it's a lot of, like, somewhat unproven guys, like, Dante Pettis, and I mean, I guess Marquise Goodwin's had some solid seasons, but he's going to have to find or create some rapport with some of those guys in his receiving core. So I, I kind of, I think I'm a little higher on San Francisco than, uh, than other people. And I'm definitely a little lower. In fact, I was going to come on this show and say that I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals finished with a higher record than the San Francisco 49ers. A little bit of a hot take, I know, but my thing with the 49ers is A, 
I haven't seen it from Jimmy G yet. He had that six-game stretch after he was traded from New England. Great. They went like 6-0. and Then last year, he did not look well. He did not look good. Yeah. He got injured. He didn't great in the preseason either. I don't really care about preseason football, but you're right, Cole. Like That is another step. He still hasn't seen to uh, return to that level he was playing at pre-injury. Um, and just overall, this 49ers team, nothing excites me about their offense. I'm not a huge George Kittle guy, and as far as fantasy purposes, he was playing with a different quarterback last year, and that matters. Like You mentioned Jimmy G needs to find a receiver that he loves. Having a rapport with one of these guys, whether it is Debo Samuel, Dante Pettis, George Kittle, that's going to be important, and we don't know if that's a legitimate thing yet in San Francisco. And then on defense, really the only position group that I think is actually very much above average is their defensive line. DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, if he plays up to you know his rookie level, D Ford, like they got some guys on the defensive line, but other than that, I mean, who else do they have? Richard Sherman's a shell of himself, like Fred Warner and Mike Linebacker, like Jaquiski Tart, like nothing really excites me about this team versus with Arizona. There's, I just feel like there's more potential. I'm a big Christian Kirk fan. I think David Johnson can really succeed even with a bad offensive line in Arizona if they just dump him the ball over and over again. He's one of the better talents at running back when he's healthy. Mention Kyler Murray. Talk about like an X Factor wild card there. If he balls out, this team has more potential on offense than San Francisco. And then even defensively, like they signed DJ Swearinger after he was cut by the Washington Redskins when he was having an incredible year last year. But a Baker's a promising young safety. They have uh, you know Hassan Reddick, Chandler Jones. Maybe it's just like a fun pick. This team just excites me a little bit more. And so as far as the you know two seller teams in this division, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Okay, interesting. But, I mean, yeah, it, it will be a really interesting division to watch in terms of storylines and just how teams actually fare, but I can't imagine the Rams not winning this division again. Yeah, I'm right? totally exactly. in agreement. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Glad we're on the same page. Anyways, let's get to some predictions now. Um, yeah, we can give our playoff looks who we think the top six teams will be i think the afc was a bit easier for me to predict i don't i'm not really confident with the nfc other than two divisions but ethan go for gold yeah i'm just it seems like the afc is very much like the american league in in baseball and the nfc is more like the national league where it's like american league there's a clear cut like six seven teams that are going for the playoffs whereas in the Mm -hmm. nfc like it could be any of these teams like it's wide open except for yeah probably those top two seeds and so I'll start with the Saints as my one seed Rams as my two uh, winning the West Eagles as my three winning the East and then I've got the Bears holding on and, and winning the North as my four seed I'm gonna go back on what I said a little bit I said the Vikings I like the Vikings defense but I forgot that Aaron Rodgers is now gonna play with a third place schedule and I really like that, and I think, and I think they get the five seed, uh, the first wild card. And then, what? Why was I talking about the Niners if I'm not going to pick them? So I'll go with the Niners as the All sixth right. seed wow. in the playoffs. Let's let's okay. get bold. <laughs> okay, Ethan. Should I right. should I do like the matchups or should yeah we just, you can okay. go for the matchups sure sure all right Eagles just destroy the Niners in Philly. <laughs> And then Bears-Packers in Chicago in a playoff game is probably going to be wild. Give me the defense in, in the playoffs. 
we've, we've talked about it, Ryan. Defense wins championships. I know that they should have won last year So in, in the divisional round. so Or excuse me, the wild card round. So, yeah, give me the Bears. Saints over Bears. Rams over Eagles. And then Saints over Rams. Saints get their revenge. They should have won last year. And they'll, do, and they'll get them this year. So Saints going to the Super Bowl. Talk about a great storyline. Yeah. That'd be great. All right, you guys want to hear my predictions? Let's hear it. I would love to. All right, so my number one overall seed, I'm going to go with the LA Rams. Just they have, they have the easiest schedule and maybe the best roster in the NFC. Number two seed, though, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Um, I got some takes coming with them. I think they're going to win the NFC North. Third seed is the NFC South champion, New Orleans Saints. And then rounding it out for division champs is the Philadelphia Eagles in the East. Two wildcard teams, I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys as the first wild card, and I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings as the second wild card. What? What do you want to say, Ethan? I didn't hear one. I didn't hear a second NFC South team in there. Just saying, didn't didn't hear him. No, you didn't. But I that did doesn't not. mean it's a, that doesn't mean it's still a very strong division with a lot of potential. But right. moving on to the, moving on to the matchups. Um, I guess. Jeez, I can't remember what I just said. Uh, <laughs> you said Ram. Uh, okay, you said Rams one. Yeah, okay. You said Rams one, Bears two, Saints three, Eagles four, Eagles Cowboys four. five, and Vikings six. Basically, I'm just gonna skip all the you know in between games and go with my NFC champion pick. I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears. I think I'm all in on the Bears this year. Trubisky took a tremendous step last year. His quarterback rating went from like 78 to 95. Uh, completion percentage went up seven percentage points. If he even repeats last year with this defense and uh, you know a David Montgomery-led run game, I think he's my rookie of the year pick. Uh, I mean, Khalil Max, my defensive player of the year pick. This team has so much t- uh, talent. I think they are going all the way. I won't predict them to win the Super Bowl yet, but I have them coming out of the NFC. Who do you have coming out of the AFC? Just curious. The Patriots. Okay. I feel like you're dumb if you don't pick them. I'm sorry. I, I, look, I hate it, too. I hate it, too. But every single year, man. If I'm a betting man, I'm picking the Patriots. Well, my NFC projection is that the Rams get the one seed, the Saints get the two seed, the Bears get the three, the Cowboys come out of the NFC East with the Eagles close behind them in the wildcard spot, and the Atlanta Falcons sneak in as that sixth wildcard team. I think... It'll be a really good three-man race between them, the Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers. I could see all of them really, really gunning it out for that wild-card spot. But the Cowboys will beat the Eagles in a really exciting game. The Bears will beat the Falcons. The Rams will beat the Cowboys. And the Bears will beat the Saints. And then I think between the Rams and the Bears for the AFC or NFC Championship, it'll be a really good game. I think the Rams pull it out. I think they go back to their second straight Super Bowl. And I think the Chiefs beat them, actually. All right. All right. Ethan, shall we do some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I asked last time. Wait, am I in this? I had no well, clue this was a thing. Oh, you know I what? Mean, you can pull up you a can, question if you want. But yeah, you can or, or you can try and answer too. one of these questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I asked last time, who was the last team to win the AFC East, not named the New England Patriots, and what year did they do it? Do you know that one? Do either of you know that one? I bet you can mm. guess. Mm. I bet you can guess the team. There, there's oh, three it's options. Definitely the Dolphins. It was the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Fins okay. up. But do you know the year? No idea. Two thousand eight. 
when Tom Brady tore his ACL week one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Cole, what was your question? My question was, what three NFL teams have lost four Super Bowls each? And oh. through 1996. So, Wait. I don't know if there's more, but... Okay, the Bills. The Bills, yeah, yeah obviously. Obviously. Four Super Bowls. Um, the yes. Minnesota Vikings? Yes. Nice. Okay. Uh, there's a third one. This team has won the Super Bowl in relatively recently. Hmm. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers? No. I have no idea. It's the Denver Broncos. Wow, okay. Wow. I would have never guessed that. Okay. All right, my question for this week is, what quarterback holds the Super Bowl career record for yards per completion? Okay. Is there a minimum, like, yards thrown? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> it's 11.1 okay. yards, though, per completion. But We'll answer yeah. that one next time. Um, yes, we shall. And my question for this week is, since 2005, no team in the NFC East has won the division in consecutive years. Who was the last team to do it? Well, I, yeah, that I know that one. On Tuesday, I, I, I bet you, I bet you would know that one. So we'll we'll hold off on answering. Andrew, were, were you were you able to come up with a question? I was not. Okay, but maybe maybe I'll, maybe I'll tweet one out though. Maybe I'll quote tweet the podcast and tweet out a, a question. Please do. Okay, sounds good. Well, you want to do some tags, Ethan? I will. Uh, What's up? Is a proud member of the Powder Blue Podcast Network and Unplugged. I've mentioned it a few times, but we have a brand new Unplugged website. You can go to beunplugged.com to find it. That's B-E-U-N-P-L-U-G-G-D.com. Kareem Narani wrote a piece about the war between different food delivery services. It's really great. I keep plugging it because it's good. Um, I wrote an article on a potentially wild MLB postseason chase. Go check that one out. Go check that one out as well. I'm realizing that we haven't had a lot of new content on the website, so we should, we should get that going again. You can listen to our other podcasts like the NGL Review, the Fantasy Geek with our very own Andrew Fanishow, or the Whistles Podcast with Jeremy Larkin, Jared Thomas, and Jake Saunders talking about student-athlete life. You can follow us on Twitter, at Unplugged. That's at U-N-P-L-U-G-G underscore D. Like we mentioned in the beginning, you can follow me at Ethan underscore four. That's F-O-R-E if you're no- new to the program. Ryan, where can they follow you? At Ryan Coleman underscore nine eight. Andrew? Yeah, at Andrew underscore Fenishaw on Twitter. And by the time this podcast comes out, me and Jack Lido of the Fantasy Geek will have our updated top 200s released, hopefully in unison with the Ezekiel Elliott news. So stay tuned for that on Be Unplugged. Perfect. Um, I think with that, we can wrap this one up. You've been listening to the What's Up podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Go Cubs. Bye-bye.